Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. I'm Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. I am super excited because after a few false starts, Dan Berman and I have been able to get together and he is going to bring you magnificence about sales. Little bio, helping others become better versions of themselves has always been a passion of mine. Great passion. In my coaching practice, I utilize intuition, empathetic listening, insight, and humor to effectively build trusting relationships and bring about actionable solutions for my clients, both individuals and executives within organizations, especially during periods of challenging transitions and change. Everyone needs someone on their team when they're in the middle of a bigger transition. Combining my corporate sales leadership experience and acquired coaching tools and expertise from a rigorous certified professional coaching training program, I advise my clients on identifying, clarifying, and achieving their goals and understanding key obstacles and limitations that get in the way. My goal is nothing less, check this out, than actionable solutions for my clients, which allow them to move forward more satisfied and more effectively. Welcome aboard, Dan. Thank you, Catherine. Good to see you. So good to see you too. So Dan and I met each other through a networking group, uh, which we actually call more of a collaborative group called aptly Collabrex. And when I heard Dan's background in sales, I knew I had to have him on the show. He's going to teach us how to be more effective and efficient in our sales. So I really love to start with your story because you've gone from ad sales to corporate leadership to coaching. So absolutely. Just through sort of a 60 second or more coaching story. Absolutely. And thanks. Thanks for having me. So um, yeah, career long advertising sales executive leading leading sales groups at really fun places like the Oprah Winfrey Network, NBC, Discovery, great places to be at. And I was the revenue, the revenue guy, the revenue leader. But Catherine, during that whole time, I was really better known and the passion for me was about, you know, better call Saul, better call Berman. And that was really what it was all about for me, the advisor, the coach the humorist, the perspective um, provider. And I loved that role. And so from sales, where I was really doing that on the side, I decided in the last third of my career to bring that to the forefront and really advise both individuals going through uh, career transition, personal transition during 
transformative periods in their life and organizations in terms of change, leadership, getting rid of toxicity in, in groups and in teams. That's where my interest is. That's where my passion is. And that's what I do for individuals. And that's what I do for, for organizations. So I'm, I'm really thrilled to do it. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, that's amazing. So I asked permission ahead of time. You have a wonderful <laughs> Oprah story. And I hear you did not get a car. Yeah, I did not get a car. And and my wife kept asking me to ask for a car, and I never could quite make that deal happen. Oprah's the real thing, having worked for Oprah. You know, whether you like her or not, or whatever your opinion is, whatever she is on air is exactly what she is off air. Really authentic and genuine, and uh, very good at learning who everyone is to the point where I met her a few times, and then she saw me maybe the fifth time and said, hey, Dan, how's your dog, Lulu? And I was blown away that she either did her homework really well or cared enough to uh, make that overture to me. So she's the real thing. Great experience and great experience in what leadership looks like. And she really was that leader, both both in terms of uh, direction and innovation and vision, and also in terms of practical application and uh, and really mentorship. So great experience. I, I love hearing that because I think there's so much to be said. For being your authentic, God, we throw around the word authentic, but nonetheless, being your authentic self and who you are. And if you're not who you are normally, I don't know, I just, you don't resonate as much with people who act one way at work and another way elsewhere. Absolutely. And she was the, perhaps the, at the forefront of, of not only being your authentic self, but also meeting people at their authentic selves, mm. meeting people where they are and not making them come to you, but you go to them and really understand their world before you interact, before you market, before you sell, before you put forth any kind of narrative, really go where they are. And that's a skill. And that's a skill and an effort that needs to be expended for sure. So how can we take that skill and sort of expand it into sales and how we sell without being cheesy salesy? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I often say something that people say, really? But um, I think there's no selling in, in good selling. I really don't. I think, you know, I, I always had my career based on authentic relationships, wanting to bring value to the, to the client or the customer and not sell them anything. It's really bringing the value to the forefront so they see what it is. Because any great interaction, any great transaction is when everyone legitimately, authentic, authentically feel that he or she is one. And that's really what it's all about. And, and I think part and parcel of that is, and, I, and I've said this in our Collaborax meetings, it's less about what you sell, what you market, because I would argue the difference between each of our competitive sets, products and services is much smaller than the difference between the person who is bringing that forward. So Dan, I want to I be coached by Dan. I want to be coached by, by Catherine. I want that person because of what he is or what she is, why they do what they do, and, um, and what they do for me. I think really important relationships in every, in every aspect of what we do. Is really right. Key. And it's interesting because we were talking before we got on officially that I just uh, closed the client where what I offer was different than what she needed. And I had to sit with it for about 24, 48 hours and think about, could I still offer her what she needed and still stay true to one, who I am and what I do, and two, 
to make sure she did get the value she needed. And and I, ironically, I worked most of the weekend and I was sitting out on the beach with my husband yesterday afternoon because I said, I, I got to unplug for a while. And the minute I unplugged and was sitting on the beach watching the sailboats, it popped right in my head. And I said, wait, I've got it. So that eureka moment where I knew I could offer something. And it required a conversation and making sure it was a good fit. And it was, which is great. It's always like a little bit of a high. It's like, yes, that worked. Absolutely. But it was this win for both of us. And it's no, doubt, no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. That's where it's at. So it became less about sales and much more about does what I have match what that client needs? And does what you do and have and why you do it and the passion you have behind it, is that something that, that resonates with the, with the receiver? Because that person is going to is going to feel your emotion more than he or she is going to feel your product, your service, the elements of your package. Uh, they're going to want to hear. You're going to do more with them by having them share the passion of what you do and the bigger reason to to engage with each other. I'm, I, I used to be amazed when I would look at a salesperson sitting next to me and say, "He charged her much more," but. She's buying everything he's selling. And it was because of that love, that relationship, that belief in that person. Usually it's authentic and genuine. Hopefully it is. That where price and commoditization of the brand and the product is not relevant if it's really purchased based on belief in the person and their passion. And I want to I stay on one point here you made. You made many great points. But one that I think is so important is customers these days can sniff out baloney a mile away. They have really high BS meters and know yeah, immediately, absolutely. right? And I, myself included. I, I mean, I know. I knew within just coming to a couple of Collabrix meetings that Collabrix fit where I'm at because the people in that group that we deal with all the time, Dan, that's who they are. That's how they are. They're very into the idea of let's make some magic together, whether that's come on my podcast, whether that's uh, let's co-host a meeting together, a webinar. I'm working on one of those right now. Whether it's someone saying I'm having a summit and I want you to be a speaker or it could be, we're doing business together. It's magical. And it's absolutely connection. And you want it always to be wanting to help wanting to work, wanting to strategically partner with someone. Choice, not being forced to, whether a marketplace forces you to do it or some other external factor. It should all be wanting to do it together. And that's what sales is really all about. That's how I bridged the two from sales to not only selling coaching, but organizational structure and leadership, because it's the, the basis of all of it, Catherine, is relationship building. It's getting buy-in from stakeholders so that if something may not feel right, they'll want to do it because Bill is asking me to do this. And I believe in Bill. And that's really what it's all about. Communicating that, narrating that, getting stakeholder buy-in. And then the product and the service is sort of on the side. It's less about what it is. It's more that I need to help him. I want to help him get to his goal. And that's what I think the best sales people and organizations do the best. And I think that's, that's, that's who wins ultimately. I agree. I agree. 
let's take this idea of connection and bring it over to coaching because this month, my theme, uh, mostly on social media, has been about coaching as connection, as co-creating, as collaborating. Love for your take on that. Absolutely. Um, You know, the, the definition of coaching is not providing answers. It's not providing the map or direction. That's consulting, which I do some of in different in different arenas. Coaching is about helping others realize what's within him or herself and how to path them towards that. It's he or she figuring out what he wants and what she wants, how to get there, what's blocking you from getting there and getting there. That's what I try to do with organizations. That's what I try to do with clients. You know, I was going to quote something later, but it's appropriate now. Um, and I've done it in our Collaborix meeting. One of my favorite rock bands was the Eagles. And I'll, and I'll quote the, 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 um, the, the lyric, which I think is really the key to coaching. The Eagles sang, so oftentimes it happens that we live our life in chains and we never, ever know that we hold the key. So the point is, we all have the answers in ourselves and we're our best innovators and our best problem solvers for ourselves. We just, all of us through coaching often, need someone to facilitate that process so you can find it, uncover it, discover it, learn it, clarify it, because um, you'll find it. And that's what a good coach does. And I think that's really important. Yeah. So that's how you collaborate with a coach. It's all about collaboration. Exactly. I look at it as um, coaches hold that safe space for people to discover it's already inside. Yeah, exactly. Using the key. I'm a musician too. So, you know, we could talk yeah, the whole no. time about music and fill a half hour on that alone. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And, and as you said, you know, and coaches are coaches. They're not relatives. They're not friends. They're not problem solvers and, and, and consultants. They are your accountability partner. They're your facilitator. They're your motivator. They're your champion. And they're your, your, your sort of impetus to problem solve for yourself. And that's, that, to me, causes the most resilient, deep-seated change in, in people. And I've seen it. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a coaching story you could tell without giving away any kind of top secrets? Yeah. You know, um, I recently coached a, a, a person in, in media where I was for many years at the top of her game at one point, really very well-connected, very accomplished but fell on some difficult times and, and was looking to re, you know, reemerge and um, really difficult. And, and, you know, everything I would say or even suggest, nope, I've done that, can't do that. Nope, I know him, her. Every point I made suggestion was a negative, horrible uh, response. And I felt like I was failing. But ultimately, at the end of our first session, I said, okay, anything you want to comment about? I thought she'd say, we're done. <laughs> and she said, this was the best meeting I've ever had. So, and I said, yeah, and I, it was, it was sort of made me think why. And I think the reason why was because she, 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 and she said it to me, you're listening to me. You're hearing me. And she felt, yeah, even though it wasn't easy to listen to her. I mean, believe me, it was not easy to listen. It was some difficult conversations and some real negative energy, but um, she felt that I heard her and understood her. And that's something that I, I've prided myself on people. People often say to me, boy, Dan, I feel like I've known you for years. And oftentimes it's only been 15 minutes, which I love that, that sort of remark. It's all about really listening to someone, caring about someone and giving them the, the floor 
so that you can have a, a really good you know, path for them and, and, and suggestions for them. And I heard her and, and evidently not everyone was willing, has been willing to listen to her and to sort of listen enough so that you're on the inside so you can say some hard things back because coaching can be hard conversations. I sort of, I, you know, you have to earn that right to get inside and say, think about what you just said. Is that what you really feel? And why did you say that in that way? You earn that position. And that's where she and I now have a, a great relationship. I think she's made some real strides. Oh, that's great. It's yeah. really all about shifting perspectives. And it's really, sometimes it's about us, often it's about us reflecting back what we see, good or bad. And I hate the words good or bad. So positive or negative reflection back. Often with my clients, they've sort of so beaten up and downtrodden. It's more about saying, hey, look at your success here. How can we translate that success over in this area to this area? Absolutely. And I think I think coaching, just like sales, that's why I think the transition was easy. And, and when I made the transition, I was on Zoom. I, I was on um, LinkedIn with a former colleague or, or, or subordinate. And I said what I was doing. And this is what sort of solidified in my mind that I'm on the right track. I said what I'm doing. She says, that's great, Dan. No surprise that you're doing this coaching. You've been doing this for us for a, for a lifetime. So that's what I love. And I think that's that's so important for a coach to be able to do that. And, and in coaching, sales, finance, every area that people are involved in, small business, large, it's all about relationship building. You, everyone is bringing forth a service, an idea, a product, and it's only going to happen for you if that relationship is there. You're able to have those relationships and people trust you and want to talk to you or buy from you or listen to you or whatever you're, you're asking that relationship to be. And that's why sales, I hate to use the word sales, but really bringing forth yourself in the most positive way in relationship and trust building, I think is key to coaching and it's key to every transaction that we do. Really, oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world. And I think what people don't realize is that when they're our public, when they're out buying a coach, it is all about the connection, which means it's not instant. It's not like someone's buying a bottle of soda. They're buying into a major relationship where they're going to tell you very important things about their life. And so Absolutely. none of that is fast. I was going to ask you about being efficient in sales, but I'm not entirely sure there is a way to be efficient in coaching sales because yeah. you're, it's relationship building and relationships. What was that thing we watched? There was a video. They happen sometime between seven days and seven years. Do you remember yeah. that? Absolutely. So, it's not it's, um, it's longer tail. It's longer tail, no doubt about it, than other transactions. Because, you know, more meaningful, less commoditized interactions are longer tail. You have to have that trust. You have to have that relationship building. Sometimes it happens instantaneously. I've had some instances where someone said, I want you. I just want you to listen to me. And I, I feel it. I have a gut feeling. Others, it's 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 you have to work at it so that, but but in either case. You have to market yourself. And I would argue that's the same for a finance manager selling the budget to the sales department. You have to, and vice versa, which I've done, there has to be that trust so you feel like the other person is not taking advantage of you. And you know the relationship has to be bilateral. It has to be a win-win. And if it's not, it's a transaction and someone won, 
And it's not going to be that enduring. It really will not be. And that's where you lose. Ultimately. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. I always do these productivity pointers as we're wrapping up. And you said you have two. So I'm leaving lots of time to do. Yes. Both. I, I stated one. The one is a call to action. Uh, I'm sorry. Call to um, a call to mindfulness, which is you hold the key. And to the extent that a person can realize that, understand that and activate that, the better that that outcome will be. And we all have the keys to our own uh, issues. The other point that I bring is a, is a call to um, a call to action. And, and you and I have talked about this. As solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, many of us, you know, I have 30 things to do. I don't know where to start. And I coach on this also, as you do, for sure. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And I'm not sure. And you end up going through that conversation in your head. And it takes up way too much time. You don't get anything done. To me, and I, and I advise this, do something. Don't overanalyze it. Don't do the ROI on it. Don't pit it against something else. Just do something that feels right. It could be risky. It could be safe. It could be right. It could be wrong. It could be anything you want. But the act of doing something and feeling like you did something and it has an outcome to me is self-propelling. It's motivating. It's it's really productive because you got something done rather than had a conversation with yourself about all the things I didn't do because no one is going to the top of the priority list. You can say you accomplished. I think that's really important. Do something. My mother used to say, you know, when I on a weekend when I was sitting, I have nothing to do. So just get out of the house. Just go do something. Just do something. Leave the house and do something. And you know, she didn't say it meanly. She said it lovingly. I was only about nine, but it was you know just the act of doing, as Nike said, just do it. Just do something, and it doesn't have to be right, but it's right because you did it. Now it's so funny because my daughter would say, "I'm bored." I think she said, "I'm bored" to me a total of twice. Bad word. First time I Bad looked word. at her and I said, here's a broom. Feel free to sweep the living room. I don't know, I'm making that up, but you get the idea. I have, plenty, I have a long list of chores, sweetheart. Where would you like to start? I'm, I'm not bored. <laughs> off. She only had to do that twice. She never the words and never came out of her mouth yeah. again. Because Absolutely. she knew I said, again, it goes to just do something then. You know, what is it? You want to change your mind? Move a muscle. So one of my favorite things to do, which is sort of similar to this mindfulness idea, is, is if I'm really stuck on something, I either take my laptop and move to a different location, like outside. I had a very tough morning this morning. As you know, Dan, before Dan yeah. said, where's my link? You said you'd have it this morning. We were <laughs> in the middle of this whole like, oh, the kid has COVID. She doesn't. But there's all these steps you have to perform in this day and age to get your kid back to school, which I had to do. So it threw a tailspin on my day. Now, I could come to this call all like, woe is me and miserable, or I could say, all right, I need to shift my mindset. I didn't have time to go out and do a power walk, which is my favorite thing to do because I was already showered and I didn't want to have to do all that again. I took the laptop and I sat outside. It's this gorgeous day and I worked outside and it shifted my mindset. So this whole idea of, it really is together, Dan. It's mindfulness and action. Absolutely. Get your mindset straight and then go do something. And to appreciate the thing you did rather than to put yourself down for what you didn't do. And that's really important. Count the assets and the positive side of the ledger. Give it as much attention, in fact, more than the negative connotated um, uh, things that you didn't get done. 
I agree. And it would have been easy today for me to sit here and be so upset about the three things I wanted to accomplish today. I'm going to accomplish two. That's but not a bad day, right? But you did on a near COVID, which was, uh, you know, right. which was great. In a COVID yeah. scare. Ah, yeah. <laughs> which is insane. And, and yes, I could probably spend all afternoon and evening wrapping up that other thing. But, and I'm going to start and try. But the fact is, is I'm not going to beat myself up because the fact is, is I did check off the two most important things I did today, plus a health thing, which was a surprise health thing. But, you know, I look at, and I'm sure you've done this too. I did a values and needs exercise where I looked at what my most important values are. And you know, the number one is health. And the second is family. And guess what? That's the first thing I did today. I lived out my values this morning. Not exactly the day I planned, but still. But even more important that it wasn't the day you planned it and you were able to pull an audible at the, the, at the line and really, and really make that happen on a day like today, which is, makes it even better. And then my husband would tell you he has the biggest win because he still got to go play golf. <laughs> yeah. He better shoot a good score today. Beautiful I hope day, so. no win. He better win something and bring it back to me. <laughs> no, Not I'm the kidding. FedEx I'm Cup, kidding. but something else. Right. No pressure there with your off game. Yeah. All right, Dan, you're amazing. You've given us Great to- brilliant ideas. How can people find you? Great to be here. Um, yeah, a few different ways. So my, my consulting and coaching firm is dgbermanconsultingllc.com. I'm also affiliated with an organizational uh, transformation and growth coaching firm called Wildfire Strategies. So that's that's, uh, dberman at wildfirestrategies.com. And those are the two uh, workplaces you can find me. Would love to to continue the conversation with anyone who uh, wants wants to chat some more. That sounds amazing. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great to see you. Listeners got great, great, actionable things to do today. Now go take a mindful walk. Yeah, I will. Great to be here. And thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Catherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.